Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors, your tax depreciation experts. Today I'm speaking to the amazing Sanders Malaya, who left his home country of Zimbabwe with only $50 in his pocket, chasing a better future for him and his family. We talked to him about everything that he went through in moving to Australia to be able to get to the point where he sees a future for himself and his family and a retirement outcome that puts him well in advance of your average Australian. It's an amazing insight into how with the right plan and the right dedication to the strategy, you can achieve financial freedom and wealth through property. Sanders shares a really open and honest conversation about the mistakes he's made, the lessons that he's learned, and how he helps property investors achieve their investing goals today. It's an awesome interview, which I'm sure you'll love. Here's Sanders. Sanders Malaya, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Uh, Thank you very much, Mike. I really appreciate you inviting me to this, and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And I think there's so many things about your story that people enjoy hearing and identify with. For example, you weren't a trust fund kitty. You didn't have a rich uncle that gave you a, a stack of cash and you know you bought your first five properties because of that and then you're able to extend it. You, you actually uh, had to graft and you've got a really amazing story. And, and I wondered if you could share that um, today. Obviously, you've got uh, an accent, so you, know, you ain't from around here. <laughs> Talk to us about where you came from and, uh, and and how you ended up where you are. So, obviously, my name is Sanders. I am a migrant. I came to Australia from Zimbabwe in 2004. I am from a very poor family coming from um, a rural remote area called Binga in Matevere, north of, uh, of uh, Zimbabwe. So, I grew up there. I did my primary and secondary education there, and then I trained as a registered nurse, and have been working in Zimbabwe. But then, due to the economic situation that happened in Zimbabwe, I couldn't see any future for my family or for myself. So that's when I started looking for jobs abroad. I applied in nearly every country that you can imagine of. But um, luckily enough, Australia was the first country to respond. And then to be able to travel and actually get to Australia, I had to sell everything that I actually owned to be able to afford FS and, and, and also to be able to uh, afford to apply for a visa. So um, I didn't have any money at all. And I landed in Australia with $50 in my pocket but the only positive was that i had already a job that was waiting for me and yep. this was yep. a nursing job at Westmead hospital that i actually started straight away it was very hard because i didn't know anyone and the i had never traveled to australia before and working with new people new environment new culture and the way nursing was done was totally different even the medications that were being administered were used were totally different. So I had to learn all that and, and, and then readapt. And to make matters worse, I traveled by myself and left my entire family back home. Yeah, and, and 
I, I mean, this is an incredible story because it's the sort of experience that your average person is not going to have. I mean, talk us through the mindset of putting these applications through, like, you know, let's let's see what I can get in Australia. Let's see what I can get whatever countries. I mean, we're talking about your life here, right? You're, you're talking about leaving your wife and, and, and at the time three small children. You know, how dire was the situation that you were sort of going, all right, I'm casting this net and I'm just going to get out and I'm going to rescue the family from a future that I don't see any value in? Uh, look, Mike, truly speaking, I never thought of uh, living in Zimbabwe. I never dreamt of working abroad because Zimbabwe was the bread basket of Africa. You know, it was one of those countries that every nation admired and they wanted to visit. Yep. Um, so, but somehow if things are not working and you realize that this is the end of your, this is the end of your future and the end of your family, that's when you think of new ideas and look at what the possible solutions are. So I knew it was a hard task to do, but it had to be done if I were to secure a better future for myself and my, my, my family. So I didn't care where this was taking me as long as it could solve what I needed to solve at that particular time. Mm. And, you know, sometimes when your back's against the wall, it, it forces you to work hard to get what you want to, to achieve. But, you know, we're talking about you being millions of miles away from your family in a country where you don't know anyone. You've got this job, right? But you've got this, this, this incredibly strong mission to, to succeed and to grow some wealth. So at the very least, you can afford plane ticket for your family to come over but um how did you begin like i'm imagining you were you're you so driven to to achieve this goal but how did you begin you know from working in your your with your nursing nursing salary to to start investing in property to the point where you could see some traction so <clears throat> landing into australia and looking at the culture and everything else that was happening initially i was full of enthusiasm and excitement. But once I realized what it meant working as a nurse and what it meant for my retirement, because when I realized that I don't have any social networks that I used to have back home, that's when I realized that the, the future was not what I thought was actually going to look like. So to for me, I, I kept on dreaming. So I said, what else can I do to to make my my life uh, better so i i then number one i looked at doing more educational degrees in nursing that was option number one mm -hmm. number two i looked at getting multiple jobs and then number three option was to look at what investments are around there yep so obviously uh, i i didn't choose option number one which meant getting more degrees but I chose option two, where me and my wife had two jobs so that we could earn more income and, and, and be able to buy a family home, which, which we did in our first two years into, into Australia. But then I said, what about option number three? So option number three was to get educated around property investing. But before I did that, I jumped into doing the investments and actually made costly mistakes which I then corrected by 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 getting educated. So 
the I suppose the the nursing job w- was enough for you to support yourself in Australia and bring the family over. But you're kind of thinking, look, here we are on the other side of the world. We don't have the the, the social networks and the retirement outcomes for for us in our situation aren't looking very bright. So you you were driven to to having a comfortable retirement and providing for for your family. The the first investment you got wrong, uh, and you've made some mistakes along the way. Can you can you highlight some of that for us? So what happened with the first investment is that um, I, it was actually, I, I attended a, a birthday party that I was invited with one of my colleagues uh, at work, and they were all talking about investments, investments, and I said, wow, this sounds interesting. I sort of have got knowledge around that, but Truly speaking, the next day or two, I walked into a suburb that I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. There was no research done. And I bought a property that was 100K above market value. And the rent was not enough to cover anything. And then it was cross-collateralized with my with my, my first home. So I, I didn't know this. I was just doing it because I, I truly had no knowledge about what I was doing. But... Because I was passionate for property, I only realized when I was attempting to buy property number three, when the bank said, look, Sanders, you are overstretched, you can't borrow anymore. And for us to give you more money, we need to value both your properties. I said, what? Why are you doing this? These are two independent properties. They said, no, they are cross-collateralized. So yep. uh, we can't give you any more money. You are actually, you have actually lost money and rent is not enough to cover anything. So that meant I needed to work more. I need to get a second or third job. But I said, oh, probably let me see what I can do. So then uh, that's when I started educating myself. And fast forwarding to today, I mean, you've got resources around, you know, buying 10 properties in 10 years and, and having the retirement outcome that you that you chase. But your situation is is quite representative of a lot of people that invest in property and they get stuck to the point where they can't grow the portfolio. What did you do to overcome that hurdle? So so to overcome that hurdle was, number one was to sell that investment so I could start all over again. And yep. then lost it, I lost $30,000 on the way, which was, which was, it was okay. I, I, I actually had no other option. So then moving forward, I said, okay, what then can I do? So number one was my wife to have two jobs and myself to have two jobs so i could keep borrowing but most importantly was to choose an investment strategy because there are so many investment strategies out there so i chose proper developments and this is when i realized there was more money to be made uh you know uh, whatever i had when i started investing i wasn't losing that money so for instance if i build a duplex I spend 300,000 of my own money to get into the deal. I make sure when I sell that duplex at the end, I get my $300,000 back. Maybe I walk away with $50,000 profit, but most importantly, a brand new property where I'll actually rent it to a tenant, um, either neutral or positive cash flow. So that way I don't need to, you know, the rent is enough to cover pretty much everything. And because I haven't lost money, I've gained more money, I, I, I can actually do it again. So that's how I was able to do it over and over and over again. 
And because all these properties were positively geared, the banks were seeing me no more as a risk because the income that was coming from those properties pretty much was taken as part of my part of my salary as well. So my yes. growing capacity kept on growing and that's how I kept on buying. So you you referenced three hundred K to to get into this deal. I mean, how did you how did you amass the finances to be able to do that? Was it equity in your own home? Was it just a matter of I suppose the four jobs you had between your wife and yourself that you were able to to be frugal and to to save? How, how did you get to that point? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. So that's a very good question. This is what I always tell my clients that you can work 24 seven, you can have five or 10 jobs, but saving money is never easy. Yeah. Okay. So people think maybe by having more jobs, that's when you can actually prosper. Until you have got a plan, the money will just come in in one pocket and disappear in the other. And the more you save money, some things that pop up and you end up using it. So number one is having that strategy to say, this is what I want and how badly do you want it? And then coming with a plan. So for me to come up with that 300K, I used equity in my own home. So the home where we live right now, I have not sold it. Since 2004, we have yep. used equity from this home to buy five more, five more properties. Because for me, I would rather own six properties than owning one where I can't even sell it. Because if I sell it, where do I live? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but then if I own six properties in total, even if my debt has actually gone up higher, all I need to do is sell two of those properties, pay off my home loan, and I still have got another two investments sitting there. So that, that that's how I actually made made the breakthrough by using equity in the in the in the existing properties. And I kept on recycling that for the for for the other investments. And you mentioned before that you were looking at positively geared assets that essentially added to your your salary on paper. Was that a strategy from the beginning or did you sort of realise after the duplex development that this is actually very attractive to the banks and will, will be likely uh, helping me to progress rather than holding me back with negatively geared uh, portfolio? I think the key there was was getting educated because I learned how you know how the uh, how the banking system and uh, funding works. Yep. So I knew exactly what I was actually doing, and by looking at all the different strategies again, I was looking at a strategy where number one, I don't need to lose what I already have. Yep. So you know that that's how I actually prospered because if you don't know the banking system, if you don't know how the property cycle or the property market works, then you you are likely to actually make further further mistakes. For me, it was I've done one mistake and I don't want to do another one again. Yeah, yeah. Some some expensive lessons, but lessons nonetheless, right? 
Yes. So without making mistakes, you never learn. So it, it, to me, it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a mistake. It was it was a stepping stone. Yep. And did you continue with the duplex or development style um, strategy with building the portfolio, or did you did you deviate from that to to get to where you are now? So so now I am actually mixing it up. So it's not only duplexes. It could be three townhouse development. It could be yep. four townhouses. It could be six townhouses. Or it could be an existing house where you need to build two or three at the back. Yep. So it could be a house with a land subdivision. So I'm now mixing it up. But however, the strategy hasn't changed. The strategy is still the same where I need to re get all my money back and then be able to continue investing because for me it's about accumulation 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 that, that yep. that's that, that's what my my strategy has always been now i mentioned uh before your sort of i suppose your your pitch on your website is is talking about you know the 10 properties in 10 years and 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 that being enough to be able to get someone to retirement. How, how do you sort of come up with those numbers and, and what do people come to you for, Sanders, um, to, to work with you? Are they basically saying, look, I want to be able to retire in, in 10 years' time with a certain passive income? How does that conversation begin? So, so for me, as I said, my worry was around retirement. Yep. To say I can work so much, I can do this, but when i retire how am i going to be looked at how am i going to survive how is my family going to survive where is the money going to come from mm. so i looked at uh, you know super some people uh, say i would retire on super but truly speaking our super by depending on when you started working it could be 200 it could be 300,000, or maybe 400,000. but then is that money enough to look after you remember the older you get, the more issues you have. You still have to pay medical bills, you still need to travel, you still need to put fuel in your car, you still need to pay uh, for you know water rates or whatever. So the bills will never stop because you have actually retired. Yeah. So that's when I looked at them, what is the best way of actually maximizing and making my retirement better. So that's when I came up with the 10 property system strategy whereby if I have 10, all I have to do is to sell five and leave the other five debt free. And when I calculated, I just used $500 a week rent. So 500 times five is 2,500 a week. Yep. When you multiply that times four, you know, you have got a substantial amount of t about $10,000 hitting your bank account every month. So yep. I can pretty much retire comfortably that way. Yeah, and I think you, you, you know, you're going to be talking about a, a six-figure a year income with your principal place of residence paid off and, and these investments, you know, all unencumbered as well, right? Yes, and then for our clients that to come in to, to use our businesses, we always encourage them to say, look, minimum, if you can have five properties at least, you will be in a better position. Because why? The idea again is to sell two, pay off the other ones, and then at least you've got three properties. It is not a bad, it is not a bad idea. You can actually retire well. Yeah. And, and and if you positively gear them from day one, that's the only way you can get there. Yeah. 
And and how does your strategy in working with clients today differ from what you did with your own portfolio? For example, do you often recommend developments to your clients or is it more about you're getting the the well located assets that are that are paying off the the, the mortgage and, and just letting time do the heavy lifting in terms of, of equity gain? So that, that is a very good question. So again, it depends with the client's situation, uh, their, their appetite for risk. So we have got clients that are investing using self-managed super funds. We have got clients investing using equity from their existing portfolios. Or we have got clients even taking money from, you know, um, from 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 somewhere else, be it be shares, be it uh, cash deposits. They are using that money to actually invest. But then the most sophisticated ones, those that have got more, they 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 have more appetite for <clears throat> to actually own more. So these are the ones that enter into into property developments. So again, yep. we, we, we may help them secure a site and then they, they may go ahead and actually do it themselves. Yeah, so it's a mixture of direct investments or maybe doing, doing proper developments, really depending on their situation. Yeah. And if we think about your story, I mean, you could, you could probably say that there were certain aspects of it that were lucky. I mean, not, um, not losing $30,000 um, by buying something 100K over market value, certainly, but, you know, maybe the lending environment was a little bit better then. You know, we've had a, a big uptick in property prices since, you know, 2005 through to today, but no one could sort of point to you and say, you, had, you hadn't done it hard and, and saved the money and built the money for the deposits and, and been frugal and, and saved. Can you sort of finish this off with your, your three tips for people that want what you're having? They want to be able to, say, have five properties paid off and live on that as a retirement income. What, what, are, what are the best tips or even things that you, you see people getting wrong um, that they should be avoiding? Yeah, you know, um, the property market, it doesn't matter whether it was in 2004 or it's uh, 2023. Remember, salaries were very low then, even if lending was a bit cheaper. Now salaries have gone up and then property values have also gone up. I think it is an, it's not an excuse to say you can't invest now because of this, this and that. You just have to, you know, come up with a plan to say this is the plan that you want and yep. then execute that plan very well and actually follow it through. So, so the tips that I have today is, number one, you must have a goal. Without a goal, you're just wasting time, okay? Um, what are, why are you at work? Are you just at work to earn a salary? What about your future? You need to think about your future today. The mistakes we do is we wait until in the in the late stages of our lives. That's when we start to, to plan investing. And remember, investing is not a quick reach scheme. It takes time, minimum maybe 10 years to actually see the fruits of your hard labor. So we need to plan that. And the other tip I would give you today as a listener is, you have got money sitting everywhere. You have got super that is doing totally nothing there. You're losing money out of it. You have got money sitting in your equity from all your existing properties. If you bought a property in the last maybe two to five years, 
I, I guarantee you that there's money that is just sitting there that you are supposed to be tapping on and actually utilizing. And then you need to engage professionals that know what they are doing. That way you mitigate a lot of risk and you can actually progress quicker because they can hold your hand. You avoid all those costly mistakes that everyone else does. And then, uh, yeah, you can own the five properties that we are talking about. And it's not hard to actually get to the 10 properties of which all that information has been well tabulated in my book, the 10X property system, because I knew there are people out there who want to invest, but they've got problems, they've got issues that they can actually avoid. So I, I put that into pen and paper and say, if some, some people can read this book, maybe they don't have to go through what I actually went through myself. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I think, you know, anytime you can share your mistakes humbly and say, look, this is what I did, but this is what you can do better to avoid that. I think that's a, a real gift to the investor community. Sanders, uh, time flies when you're having fun. It was it was an absolute pleasure having you and thanks for sharing all of those gold nuggets with us today. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. And again, thank you for giving me the ownership to actually speak on this podcast. So please, everything is possible in life. It depends how badly you need it. <laughs> exactly. Wise words. Thanks, Sanders. Really appreciate it.